It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. My name is Max. I'm uh, joined by my co-host Austin Weinrich here on this uh, beautiful Thursday, getting ready for some Thursday night football. And we're already into the double-digit uh, double digit weeks now, into week 10 of the NFL, despite uh, COVID doing everything that it can to try to prevent the NFL from moving forward. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into all that, but uh, like I said, I'm joined by my co-host here, Austin Weinrich, and uh, how you doing, Austin? There's three things in life, Max. Death, taxes, and Daniel Jones beating the Washington football team. Yeah, up to 4-0 and against the, uh, the Washington football team now, right? Yeah, four out of his five wins. Yeah, there you go. Um, hey, you know, it'd be great if uh, the Giants only played the Redskins, or the uh, Washington football team, but... You know, unfortunately, that's not the, not the way that it goes. And you know, I, I was thinking about it before we started, just looking at the uh, the games for this week. The Giants play the Eagles, right? So they're a three and a half point underdog. Giants blew the game to the Eagles. Should have easily won that game. They blew it with four minutes left in the fourth quarter in typical Giants fashion, right? Then they play the Cowboys, and they blow the game in in Dallas to the Cowboys. Yeah, hurting Dak Prescott, they lost to Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton comes in and wins the game uh, in dramatic fashion. And now you're looking at the Giants, who could easily be 4-5. and five, And if they win those two games, they're at first place in the division, probably by at least a couple games at this point. You're feeling pretty good. and But no, Giants are 2-7. and seven. Everybody's like, oh, but you know they played such close games. You know they, they're 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 what's that? Moral victories. Yeah, there's no such thing as a moral victory. The Giants are six and three against the, so they're playing their close games. You know they're as the underdog, which I think they've only been favorited maybe one game this year, uh, and that was the first game against the Redskins, I think. Uh, but you know six and three against the spread, which tells you they're playing some close games. But what the hell does that matter? I mean, they're in the worst division in football, and they can't uh, can't get out of their own way and and win the games that they need to win. So it's uh, it's difficult to watch. But uh, you know, hey, still a chance. You know, they win this game. What happens? You know. Uh, but yeah. So on to week ten in the NFL. We've got uh, you know our normal show for you here today. We're going to go over our fantasy picks. Uh, and then get into some week 10 action. We've got a little, uh, you know, pig parlay of the week because I just, you know, parlays are, are my new thing now. I'm just hitting left and right on these parlays. I hit another one Sunday. I hit one yesterday. Just, just making some nice, some nice cash, uh, on these parlays here. So we'll, we'll keep it going. And I've got some, I've got a three leg parlay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there and, uh, as part of like my, my, you know, my best picks of the week. And, um, so we're going to go with that. So why don't you give us a recap as, as, as much as I hate to say it, because I had an awful week against the spread. Uh, why don't you give us a recap of uh, week nine action? Hey, um, yeah, you had a bad week. Like you said, you were one and four against the spread. You were on Casey minus 10, who barely survived Carolina. You were on Tennessee minus six and a half, which was a nice victory for Tennessee. Pittsburgh didn't show up against Dallas. The Cardinals couldn't beat Tua and the Dolphins. And New England can barely beat the Jets. <laughs> you know, it was, out of those five games, my least favorite was, or the one that I felt least good about was Titans. <laughs> they, they ended up being my only uh, victory. So, um, yeah, why don't you run through your picks and then we'll talk about some of these games. Yeah, um, I was on Carolina. That was our head-to-head. Uh, Seattle, uh, they were horrible. Uh, Minnesota, I won with at minus three and a half because Dalvin Cook's a beast. I was on the Giants, plus two and a half. Like I said, 4-0 Daniel Jones. <laughs> and I lost to the bu- on the Bucks because they did not show up for a Sunday night football game, which was very surprising to me. Yeah, that was a rough one to watch. Uh, you know, half time, and I just rolled over. I said, "I'm going to bed." 
Yeah, I mean, I I had a nice chunk of change on the over in that game because I didn't really know, you know, I wasn't really feeling the mat. You know, I didn't know who was going to come out on top. I thought it could go either way, to be honest. But uh, you know, at halftime, I was feeling pretty good. It was thirty-one nothing. I'm like, all right, the Bucks are gonna they're gonna score some points. You know, you're the over under I think was fifty-one. So I'm like, all right, I'm 20 points away from the over. Bucks are going to score some points. You know, they have to score some points. All those weapons. But no, I mean, the Saints defense, who has, that's been awful. They just decide to show up. And, you know, you have to listen to the broadcast talk about Malcolm Jenkins, like he's the greatest safety to ever play the game because he's never missed a game. It's like the guy's been getting burned left and right by these tight ends and uh, you know, it's just like, all right, if that's what you're talking about on this defense and the Bucks can only score three points and that's a problem. And Brady looked awful. Yeah. He looked, he looked like the 43 year old man. He is. And they had Antonio Brown out there for the first time. You have Antonio Brown, Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Jones, Fournette. You have all these weapons. You score three points. I mean, come on. But, uh, let's go back. Uh, let's go back to this uh, Monday night game for a second here, because this was like the Jets basically saying, "We don't want to win." <laughs> you're up. You're up by ten points late in the fourth quarter, and Joe Douglas sent a message down sleeping <laughs> that uh, we need to lose. He was probably passed out with like, you know half-eaten hot dog next to him. And he wakes up in in the fourth quarter, and he's like, wait, what the hell's going on here? He sends a text message down to Adam Gase and says, you better lose this game or you're fired. <laughs> that's the only way that Gase can keep his job is if he keeps losing. Yeah, that's that's a security blanket is. He can go 0-16, and then maybe the Jets will rehire him in a different capacity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But this, you know, that was ju- that was just... You know, Flacco played his best game since the Super Bowl, and they almost pull out that victory. And then to add insult to injury, I mean, Belichick comes out after the game and says that, you know, leaving the Jets was the best decision that he's ever made his entire life or something like that. You know, it's just uh, you can't can't make it up. And unfortunately, this is where we are with New York football right now. I mean, the Jets don't want to win, and the Giants can only beat the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, a team without a name. <laughs> yeah, a team without a name. And I think, uh, you know, the Washington football team, who who would want to play quarterback for this team with the luck that they've had with these injuries? I mean, Joe Theismann's leg gets snapped in half by Lawrence Taylor. Alex Smith, his leg blows up, and then gets an infection and he's out for, you know, a year and a half. Now Kyle Allen breaks his ankle or dislocates his ankle, breaks a bone in his leg. And uh, Alex Smith actually came in off the bench and threw for over 300 yards. How much does uh, Ron Rivera hate Dwayne Haskins that you don't even go back to Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw, I, I was just reading an article earlier that says Dwayne Haskins has been elevated to the number two quarterback. <laughs> it's like the guy wasn't even dressing. He was your number one overall pick two years ago, and he's not even dressing, you know? He was, a, no, it's just his second year in the season. He was the same draft as Jones. This is yeah. Two, yeah, he was drafted two years ago, or whatever, a year, you know, what, a year and a half ago, or whatever. And now he's uh, riding riding the pine. And they don't even want to dress him for these games. You know, that just, I mean, that's the one thing I guess you could say as a Giants fan. Like, there was some talk going up to that draft that they, that they liked Haskins. There was a lot of talk that they liked Haskins. And that's really the only positive that you could take away is that. <laughs> I, actually, I don't even know. I, I don't know. Can you even say that? Because. We don't know what either quarterback is. I mean, Daniel Jones, I, and I was watching something over the last couple of days. It was maybe two days ago, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, but 
you know, they were talking about if the Jets and Giants have a number one or number two overall pick, do they take either Trevor Lawrence or the quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields? Uh, I would say you probably do, but Giants are probably out of that uh, race right now. Yeah, no, they're not gonna. They're not gonna have a top top two. Maybe they might have a top five pick, but consensus was you don't know what your quarterbacks are currently, so you can take the quarterback. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is he's the obvious number one. Justin Fields is a good quarterback. People have been comparing him to like Russell Wilson type. He's more mobile. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he can run. I mean, in the national championship game, he had that big, that big run and he was actually pretty fast, which was surprising, but he's an athletic guy. But do you take the, do you take one of those two guys or do you trade the pick? I mean, I think you have to take one of those two guys and then you trade whatever you have. I mean, that's what the Cardinals did, and hey, somehow they got back. Uh, what was it, second rounder for Josh Rosen? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would get for one of these two guys. I I feel like with Darnold, I feel like you would maybe get more for Jones because he has more years on his rookie deal. Where if the Jets don't pick up the option. Then and they trade him, and he only has one year left. And then you either have to sign him long term or let him go. Where Daniel Jones, you have, you would have a year to see, and then either pick up the option or not, and then you'd have that fourth year. So I think just just those, that reason alone, I'd say Jones probably has more value now. Ah, uh, yeah, and and, and <laughs> sorry, and because Darnold can't stay healthy. Yeah, I would say the injury concerns is the bigger thing. Because now he missed this week with the shoulder injury, which was probably the same shoulder that he hurt earlier in the year. And this guy, he can't stay on the field. You know what I was very surprised to see? Actually, I wasn't too surprised to see. So, Darnold has played, he's 11-21 and 21 in 32 career starts. He has 34 interceptions in 32 starts. So, he's averaging over an interception game, throwing the fumbles. I don't know how many he has. But you're talking about a lot of turnovers. All right, then you go to Daniel Jones, who's five and sixteen, played in twenty-one games, and he has more interceptions than he has games played. Fifty turnovers, probably. Pro- yeah, probably, probably around there. I know it's like kind of like half joking, but it's not that far off. Uh, but. I mean, these guys are just so turnover prone, and it worries me more with Darnold because he's been in the year and he's been in the league an extra year. So you kind you know more about what you're getting from Darnold. Yeah, um, I mean the defense with Darnold is that the Jets have basically gone through two rebuilds with him. I mean, their previous GM basically said they were tanking and. What was their salary? Their salary was realistically what seventy million on a hundred and seventy million dollar cap. Yeah, I know they had ninety ninety something in the bank to spend. And one thing I do like about the NFL is that you have to spend the cap. You have to spend your cap space within a certain number of years. I think you have two years, and you have to spend like ninety percent of the cap. Right. Yeah, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but it is something pretty close to that. It's not like baseball where you just saw the World Series and the Dodgers were a $230 million payroll versus I think the Rays were 47 maybe. (laughs) Maybe. You know, the the Rays have always been like that, which is crazy that they're able to put out the product that they do. And that just makes you, like, as a Mets fan, it just makes you so like frustrated because the Mets are a big market team. They don't spend any money and they can't, you know, they made the World Series in 2015. But I mean, outside of that, they really haven't been great. And, uh, Hank, they you, just, 
new owner, finally. Yep. Congratulations on that. Yeah, I mean, we'll take it. I, you know, it's funny. When he did his press conference, he said, I'm not trying to make money off this team. That's what I have my day job for. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's what you like. You, I mean, you have an owner who's, who's he's going to spend money. He's got, he's got loads of money. And, and I was worried about it because the mayor of New York was trying to uh, block the deal for some reason. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure why, but the mayor of New York is trying to get the, he was trying to get the deal next. I think it was because he didn't want somebody owning the team that had a criminal record or something. Oh, uh, really? I didn't even know Cohen had a criminal record. He's, I, I don't, I, I shouldn't, uh, it, I don't know, um, for sure, but I read something that it was, and I'm, I'm gonna look. He was brought up on charges. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay, what, what does it say here? He pleaded guilty. Um. What? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That, I, I typed it in and it came up with the other Cohen who was brought from the, from Trump. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, what's his first name? Steve Cohen? Yeah, Steve Cohen. Um, insider trading. Yeah, that's what I figured. So this guy, he's a hedge fund. What's that? It's a white collar crime. It's nothing bad. No, it's okay. (laughs) Let's be honest. So he's a, so it says here he's, this is from CNN. He's a hedge fund billionaire and his firm, uh, had agreed to plead guilty to criminal insider trading charges and they paid this is an this is insane. They paid a record one point eight billion dollar fine. Yeah, and they probably wrote it off on their taxes. $1.8 billion. Alright, so uh insider trading pleaded guilty, and that's why de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, did not want him owning the Mets because he was you know, he was brought up on criminal charges and pleaded guilty. So you know, but whatever. I mean, the guy's got more money than anybody can imagine. So if he's going to spend it on the team and not care if the team actually makes money, I mean, does he really need to care about that? If he's got that much money, obviously you want to make money, but I mean, hey, MLB's got to be happy to get rid of the Wilpons. They've been a stain. Yeah, I mean, they brought they brought back Sandy Alderson. I feel like you know we're going back in time here. Um, I I read all the people that were fired, and I'm like, Omar Minaya, he was in the organization still. He was a, he was actually one of the bright spots. <laughs> he's the last he's the last GM that actually went out like he was making deals and trying to make the team better. And the la- you know under Sandy Alderson, really what he did was just the trade for Omar, uh, not Omar. I don't think it Omar Minaya, uh, Cespedes. You know, in Cespedes. So, um, not to get too much into baseball here because. You know, we're mainly a football show, but, uh, you know, as a Mets fan, I'm happy. I was talking to our buddy, you know, Hustick, uh, Jerry Hustick, and he's sending me all cap messages. You know, he's, he's all excited about it. So, um, something to look forward to as a, as a Mets fan. And hey, with, with football season, you know, with New York Giants season the way it's going, that's really what you're looking forward to now. <laughs> if you're a baseball fan, you're looking forward to baseball season. So, um, but yeah, let's, uh, all right, so let's move into the fantasy from last week. I know you have that spreadsheet. You want to pull that up for us? Yep, I got it right here. Okay. All right, so uh, last week we got you had Justin Herbert, uh, and he had a good week, 26.44 points. He was green about three times, and Daniel Jones, which was 12.88. Didn't do much in that game. I mean, the Giants did enough to win. And then I was on Deshaun Watson was my lock for quarterback. He had a good game. He started tearing up uh, that Jaguar secondary late. And then uh, Dave Carr, who basically had two plays that got him 15 points. Yeah, he... um cost us a little bit of money in our uh 
our joint team this week. Oh, yeah, we did a single-entry $50 lineup. I'll pull that up uh, after this and just run through our picks on that. And then uh, at running back, we have you were on Chase Edmonds, as you're, who didn't do much, 11.8, and he cost 6800 so he was red. And then DJ Dallas, who I didn't even know who he was, and probably can forget him after last week. Had a solid game, but really it was just that one touchdown that gave him all his fantasy points. Yep. And then uh, the all-star last week was obviously Dalvin Cook, who another 200-yard game. What was it? Two touchdowns only, though? Um, let me take a look here. Yeah, I think he only had two. Um, no, he's, he's not on the main slate. Um, but yeah, he had just, you know, follow up the week prior with the, with this performance. He's he's as good as it gets right now. And then uh, Naheem Hines, who had two touchdowns the week before, did absolutely nothing this game. Only 5.8, so that was a bad pick. At wide receiver, uh, you get a nice pick in Stefan Diggs. He just tore apart that Seattle horrible secondary over there. And then Darnell Mooney had a decent game at 9.3. He was a cheap guy, your sleeper. Allen Robinson uh, needs to find a new quarterback. Yep. I, I don't know what the Bears are going to do. Not a bad, it's not a bad game. It's just, you know, for his price yeah. and what you expect to get out of him. The, the Bears are just... They're, you know, I just describe them as the, you know, the worst best team in, or the worst good team in, uh, in the NFL right now because I don't know how they're winning games. No, I don't know if they'll win many more games. To be honest with you, no. I think they're five and three right now. They should have lost to the Lions. I mean, yeah, week one they were lucky to escape that game. Yeah, uh, I was on Jerry Judy, who was a nice solid sleeper pick. At 28.5. I mean, Denver had to come back late, so they were just throwing the ball all around. Yeah. Drew uh, Locke, I mean, I, I, I honestly thought I, for some reason I thought I picked him in, uh, as, as my sleeper, but it was the week prior that I picked him, and he, he went off for 30 plus, so he, he had a great game. Tight end continues to be barren for us. Uh, you picked Travis Kelsey as your lock, who killed it. And then uh, your sleeper, Jack Doyle, had a nice zero points. He was murdered. <laughs> he was, he was uh, yeah, attempted murder by Philip Rivers, just leaving him out to dry over the middle. I feel like that's happened to him way too often, Jack Doyle. I feel yeah. like he just, he just gets destroyed over the middle. And between Jacoby Brissett and Philip Rivers now, he's, like, he needs to go somewhere else. <laughs> he, he won't make it out of Indianapolis alive keeping this up. And then uh, I was on Jordan Akins, who sucked at 3.9, even though Houston had a pretty solid game. And then uh, Logan Thomas at 5.8. A couple drops, which hurt him big. And then finally for defense, you were on the cards, who sucked. I think they gave up 31 points to a uh, rookie quarterback in Tua. And the Minnesota Vikings defense, which hasn't been good all year, showed up and uh, got you a solid nine points, which was great for their price. Yeah, the uh, Stafford ended up. I know when we when we recorded, Stafford was predicted to be out because of COVID. He ended up playing in that game, so I think that's why, as we were talking about it, I think that news actually came out while we were recording, and that's why the line changed so much. Uh, I'm I'm sure that's what it was, but yeah, I mean Minnesota showed up in the Cardinals. You have a 34 points, and the Dolphins only had like 310 yards of offense. I don't know how the Dolphins are scoring so many points. The week prior, they scored 28 against the Rams, and I think they didn't even break 200 yards of total offense. Yeah, no, uh, it's mostly their defense and special teams. Yeah, so hey, I mean it's two out of the three aspects. Uh, they, they, those are doing. If that's how you're gonna play, then you you probably win more games than you lose, but... And then, uh, let's finish it up with my defensive choices. I picked Washington, who scored us five points because Daniel Jones didn't turn the ball over for the second time in his career. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> I was on the Giants, who got 13 because they 
had five turnovers on defense. Yeah, the Giants defense uh, played pretty well. So, uh, yeah, that was a good pick. Uh, it was, you know, interesting to go that route, picking the two defenses in the same game. But yeah. uh, to be yeah. honest, kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, not bad. Um, so those are those were our uh, picks from last week, as you can see. I mean, I'm I, I might just stick to that uh, recipe for right now, just picking the tight end at the top of the list because. <laughs> That seems to be the only way that I'll score any points from that position. But um, let's move into our fantasy picks for week 10. Uh, some good matchups on this slate. So, you know, we'll try to um, kind of weed out who we think the best picks are. And uh, you you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, you can start us off. All right. So my, my uh, lock for quarterback this week is going to be uh, Josh Allen, 7,500. Uh, coming off three touchdown performance, throwing and one rushing for a 39 point output. He, he really broke out in, uh, in a big way since the beginning of the year. First three weeks, he put up over 30. And then since then, he, you know, he was kind of in the middle there. You know, he wasn't paying off, but, you know, 39 points against Seattle. And I think Arizona was, you know, there's some, there's some points to be had against this, uh, Arizona defense and, you're looking at two of the two of the top running quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, two of the top running quarterbacks outside of Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go with Josh Allen as my lock, and then my sleeper. Uh, you know, this was. I, I think I'm. I think this guy's playing well, and I was on him two weeks ago. I already mentioned him. I'm going to go with Drew Locke against the uh, Vegas Raiders. Um, Drew Locke had 33 points last week, two passing touchdowns, one rushing at 47 yards rushing. So uh, I'm going to look for him to continue his uh, good play. He's 5,500. So, um, you know, I think he's uh, I think he's well worth the price here and can give you some uh, a high ceiling. So how about you? All right. Uh, I'm going to go back to my lock last week and Deshaun Watson. Since Bill O'Brien's firing Deshaun Watson, has 35 fantasy points, 27.2, and 24.2. So, clearly, Bill O'Brien has been holding that team back. Yeah. I think it was more, he, he was forcing David Johnson to touch the ball, even though everyone knew David Johnson was washed. But, no. Yeah, he didn't even, he didn't even do much. I mean, he was well, on everybody's radar this week, but they put Duke Johnson in instead. Well, he got a concussion early in the game. Ah, uh, that's right, yeah. So he's probably out this week, too. So that trade's looking better and better every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my sleeper at quarterback, I'm going to go with Mr. Joe Burrow. He's playing a tough defense in Pittsburgh, but I like his matchup for the fact that since he's going to be down most of the game, so they're going to be throwing the ball. And even if he has a couple turnovers, turnovers really don't hurt you in DraftKings, only minus one. Yeah. So I'm looking for them to just chuck it all over the field like he's been doing all season. Yeah, unlike uh, unlike FanDuel, FanDuel is minus two for uh, for turnovers. So they, they do hurt you in, um, in FanDuel, but not so much in DraftKings. You can afford to take a guy who's a little bit more turnover prone if you think – He's going to have that good game flow going for him. Um, and that, I was looking at him too. It's a, it's a, it's a contrarian pick, but it could pay off if the game goes the way that you think it's going to go. Um, to be honest, after watching that Steelers defense last week, I, it doesn't worry me as much. Yeah, I don't, yeah. this is another game the Steelers shouldn't get up for. They're playing yeah, another bad team. I don't think that they, they really, to put much stock in that team. Uh, and hey, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, you don't know him. He's on the uh, COVID list. So is he going to play? I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. Who knows with the NFL because it feels like they're just making up the COVID rules. Well, I don't know how you can go on the COVID list and then like Stafford went on the COVID list and then he was fine. But apparently he didn't test positive. It was he had close contact. Okay. All right. So they. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, 
if, if you don't test positive, though, why? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a it's a precautionary thing where they they put you on the COVID list until you have a negative test, even if you were never positive to begin with. It's that you know, hey, let's let's quarantine you and make sure that you're good before we can yeah. tell you that you're going to play. I think you need three negative tests in a row or something. Even if you never test a positive? Yeah. All right. If so you, they, If you're a close contact or high risk close contact, I don't know. This is, this is, yeah, this is like getting crazy now because now we're looking at college. And if you look at like the list of games that are postponed or canceled, it just keeps growing by the day. And you see teams with like loads and loads of players that are just on this list. And with college, I mean, it's it's a little bit more of an issue because everyone's on campus. Yeah, I mean, and most of these campuses are open. I mean, a lot of these football players, they go to practice, they go to the facility, and then a lot of them go home to their families or, you know, out in the case of, what's that? I said out partying in the SEC. The SEC does not care about COVID at all. No. No, and I was going to say, you know, most of the guys, unless you're Daniel Jones or Saquon, Saquon Barkley, then you go out to the clubs and you don't wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, um, so it is what it is, but, uh, let's get, let's get to running back here. My running back lock this week is going to be Aaron Jones. He has a great matchup against Jacksonville and I could see, you know, Green Bay getting up early. And then, you know, the only thing I'm worried about is if they're too far ahead because of the injury that he's had, you know, the injury concerns that he's had, maybe they don't play him as much. But I think this is this is setting up to be a big game for him. He's full. He's practiced in full this week. Uh, so he's he's no injury concerns, um, at least coming into this game. And then my sleeper. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been used more and let me just double check here that, yeah, so it looks like, um, I like, uh, I like Keelan Balaj this week on, uh, the Chargers against that Dolphins defense. He's, he's starting to be used more and let me just get his. So last week he had 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown as well as a couple catches. Uh, so it looks like he's, you know, starting to take some of those, uh, snaps away from the other guys that, that have been there, uh, Kelly and, and Justin Jackson. Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm reading now that he was reverted to the Chargers practice squad as of Monday. So. My apologies. He's not even on the active roster. Well, they might, uh, they could elevate him. They could elevate him, but that's just kind of weird that they gave him so much run and now they're, they're sending him back. Does that uh, surprise you with the charges at all? No, I just, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect that after the game that he had. So, um, I'm going to go, you know what, just, just for, you know, shits and giggles, I'm going to go. Uh, actually just one, one player down from him on DraftKings is JD McKissick. And he's on the, uh, Washington football team. Antonio Gibson's been a little banged up. This guy's gotten some run as a, as a pass catching, uh, back out of the backfield. And, um, he had 17 points last week. So let me get him, uh, to, uh, kind of fit into this game flow here of Detroit, who should be able to put up some points on this defense. All right. Um, uh... My lock, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. This is more of, I mean, there is a chance Nick Chubb is activated this week. He's practicing without a brace for the first time this season. And he's looked good, but I think he'll probably be on a snap count if he plays. And Houston's run defense is 31st in the NFL against the run. So I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. That's my lot. And then uh, my sleeper is going to be in the same game, actually. I'm going to go Duke Johnson. He's going to be the number one back this week. 
He's a pass-catching guy, so look for him to have a lot of receptions. Like on the season, he has 14 catches, 109. So, but he'll get all the uses this week. So, hopefully, uh, it works out. I do like that Kareem Hunt pick. If uh, if I wasn't going Jones, I was going Kareem Hunt. Even though the last time I picked Kareem Hunt, he didn't really do much for me. So, that's the way that it goes. Um, for wide receiver, I'm going to go right back to Stefan Diggs and get that stack going. Him and Josh Allen just have, you know, uh, this is the guy that, you know, Josh Allen was kind of missing. They, they In Buffalo, they haven't had a guy like this. And, uh, you know, nine for 118 last week on 12 targets. He's, he's going to get his, you know, he's going to get his yardage. He's going to get his touchdowns on the season so far. He's got 813 yards in, uh, in nine games. So they just, they just get this guy the ball and he only has three touchdowns. But, you know, if you're getting, you know, a hundred plus yards, he has, he's over a hundred yards in, uh, four of the, four of the, uh, games so far this year. He hasn't had a touchdown in a few weeks, but, um, you know, he's going to, against this Arizona defense that struggles against wide receivers, he's going to get, uh, he's going to get his points. Uh, for my sleeper, I'm going to go with, uh, Brandon Cooks. Match him up with your, uh, quarterback, Sean Watson this week. Uh, he's actually had a, a, you know, quietly, he's had a good year. Uh, he's got 510 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Um, but he's, you know, the, the last four games, 12 targets and then nine targets in each of the last three. So I don't know what's going on. Brent Sutton being used. Uh, now, you know, you look at how he was used before Bill O'Brien was, th- or when Bill O'Brien was there and how he's being used now. And they've obviously figured something out because he's getting a lot more usage, a lot more targets. He's got a touchdown in three of the last four games, you know, so he's, he's, uh, coming on strong, uh, in the middle of the season here. So, uh, he's going to be my sleeper at 5,600. All right. Um, my lock, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. He's questionable right now with a wrist injury, but Coach Sean McVay says he's on track to play. So I don't doubt it against Miami. Listen to the stat line 11 catches, 110. He's targeted one. Wow, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> so, uh, on the season, 48 receptions, 71 targets. So clearly, he's the favorite choice of Jared Goff. And Seattle secondary has looked god awful all season long. Yep. And then my sleeper, I'm gonna go with Curtis Samuel, 4900. For some reason, he's become Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target over the last couple weeks. Last week, he had nine catches, 105, and a touchdown. The week before, four catches, 31, and a touchdown. So he's got touchdowns in back-to-back games. And he's been targeted over 14 times in those games. And he's come up with 13 catches and the 14 targets. So nice possession guy. And with those outside guys and... Uh, Robbie Anderson's getting double covered now, and DJ Moore. Isn't Curtis Samuel? He's he's had like two rushing touchdowns. Ah, uh, I they yeah they've been giving him the ball. Uh, you know, and McCaffrey's out this week again. Yeah, two rushing touchdowns. So he's got touchdowns in three straight games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they're gonna give him the ball as a running back. You know, that just gives you even more opportunity to get the points. And he's only 4,900, which is pretty surprising. But, um, yeah, let's move to tight end here. I know, I can already know, I already have a feeling how I know you're going to react to this. Uh, but my lock is going to be Evan Ingram this week. Yeah. I mean, well, the matchup makes sense. It's just the player doesn't make sense. He's got double digit points in each of the last three, including, uh, you know, a touchdown. Nine targets, ten targets, and ten targets his last three games. So they're throwing him the ball. I, you know, if you're only going to catch half your targets, I mean, it it really limits your upside because if you're getting ten targets but you're getting five catches, I mean, 
what do you you dropping them? You know, disconnect with the quarterback, whatever it is. Engram has dropped a lot of balls, so you know. I, but this is a match. I mean, you can't turn down this matchup. Thirty second against tight ends, they can't cover the tight end. He he's got to get in the end zone here, and with how they use him, I mean, they send him on reverses. They try to get him the ball. So you know, just have a good game, please. <laughs> and uh, my sleeper at tight end. Uh, let me see here. So with George Kittle out, I'm going to go with Jordan Reed against this uh, New Orleans um, defense here. Uh, I brought it up earlier about Malcolm Jenkins. I think he can be exploited in the pass game covering these tight ends. And Jordan Reed, I mean, I know he only had one catch for three yards last week, but George Kittle's out. Uh, so, you know, he should get some looks. We'll see. But this is kind of just a – Punt play at 3,500 with Jordan Reed. All right. Um, so my lock, I'm going to go with Eric Ebron here. Last week, three catches, 22 yards, one touchdown. Week before, four catches, 48 yards, one touchdown. Was targeted 11 times in those two games. So Big Ben likes him. I'm assuming Big Ben's playing this week. I haven't heard anything, this, you know, He's got that COVID test, so he's got to stay away from the team. But he's a veteran. He's been around long enough. He did have the knee injury, which did look pretty serious. He had to actually leave the game for a little bit. Yeah, but uh, Big Ben's favorite thing is exaggerating injuries. Famous story of before one of the championship games, he comes in to the uh, like announcer's room. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. <laughs> and they asked the head coach about it. They're like, oh, what are you going to do if Ben doesn't play? He says he's hurt, all these injuries. And he's like, he's not hurt. He's just messing with you. Uh, yeah, just. I mean, hey, anything to get a leg up if you can prevent the the defense. I mean, they're going to prepare for him. But yeah. And then uh, my sleeper, this is just 2,700. You're hoping for gold. I'm going to go Tyler Eifert. He had a good game last week with the rookie quarterback, Lutton. Four catches, 48 yards on five targets. Literally doubled his output for the season. Yeah, he's a, he's just a, he's basically just a red zone guy. Like, you just hope that he gets a touchdown because he, he how many, how many one yard touchdown catches does he have? On the season? Uh, career a lot. Yeah, so. But this season only one touchdown and 15 catches on the season, but. You assume they're going to be down big to Green Bay, so why wouldn't they have to throw the ball in? You can attack Green Bay at the safety and linebacker position over their corners. Their corners are very solid. Yeah. Uh, let's finish up with defense here. I'm going to I'm going to stay on that homer train. I'm going to lock in the Giants defense. 2,700 against this Eagles team that does uh, turn over the ball a lot. And the Giants' defense, I mean, the last one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, they haven't scored less than four points. I mean, four points isn't going to win you anything big, but, you know, you're getting positive points from your defense. They had five turnovers for us. They've had double-digit – not double-digit. They've had multiple sacks in every game this season, which how, – how nice how, how nice did you feel watching Marcus Golden back on the Cardinals? And I think he had two sacks in the game. I mean, the defense didn't really play well, but I mean that that must feel that must make you feel good. You know, you bring this guy in as a as a prize free agent, and the only thing he can do is get sacks in garbage time. But uh, yeah, I'm locking in the Giants' defense. They're averaging seven points on the season as a defense, which is which is pretty good. And uh, you know, I look for them to um, let's see what they did last week. Uh, last time they played Philly. Uh, they gave him t- interception, three sacks, gave him 22 points. And, but they were playing well all game until the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. So I'll take him again against the, uh, the Eagles here. And then I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot here. I know you're, you're big on the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Rams defense against the Seahawks offense. Uh, you know, I know the Seahawks have so many weapons, but that O line, uh, has, has really had some struggles and, I'm looking for Aaron Donald to have a have a nice game and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, if anyone's gonna, uh, I would imagine he's gonna be all you know covering DK Metcalf the entire game. 
that's it. That's going to be a good matchup. Yeah. Ex- those, those are two very physical guys. I'm excited to see that, uh, matchup. And, you know, I'm sure DK Metcalf is going to get his, but I think it's going to be an exciting game and look for the Rams to at least, uh, you know, force the Seahawks into a couple of mistakes. Russell Wilson hasn't looked great. No, his past couple of weeks, he's not. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Rams can take advantage of that. All right, uh, my lock, I'm going to go with the Eagles against the Giants. The last time they played, they scored nine fantasy points, had one interception, two fumble recoveries, and three sacks. And Daniel Jones loves to turn the ball over. He's only had two career games, like we said earlier, with no turnovers. So I expect him to turn the ball over at least once. Yep. And then my sleeper, I'm going to go with Detroit. The Lions. I do, I do, I, I do kind of like them, yeah. Not for the fact that the Lions defense is good because they were averaging 2.4 fantasy points a game for, for the season, but I just don't think Alex Smith is good anymore. No, I think that's, that's, uh, what are they, 2,600, I think? Um, yeah. so that's, I mean, that's a good, good price. I mean, you could get some value there, uh, with Alex Smith, who, yeah, he looked, he looked, Good against the Giants, but the way that their offense—I mean, you couldn't look much worse than how the uh, offense looked in that game. So, um, those are our picks. Let's, uh, you know, got that we're big on that Giants game again. Um, picking the defense from both sides, which I think you know might might actually be a safe bet going forward if you're going to go with two deep. Just go with the the, the Giants defense and whoever they're playing. Yeah, the NFC East playing each other. Those defenses look good when they play each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, when you're the Washington football team and you're getting a safety on the first play of the game on the defensive side of the ball, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, I wonder if anybody put money on that. I'm sure I think someone. I think somebody did, actually. I think when, uh, like the Action Network or something tweeted out there uh, that somebody somebody put a bunch of money on that as the safety being the first the first result of the uh, the first offensive play, result of the first offensive play. I know someone hit it big back in uh, was it the Giants Patriots Super Bowl the last one that happened. That was the first uh, someone bet first scoring play, Giants safety. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, hey. I mean, you're basically throwing money in the trash, but if, if it hits, <laughs> um, you know. Speaking of speaking of hitting it big, let's get to our. Our next segment, before we get to our weekly picks, uh, I have, you know, in the spirit of what's been going on lately with my, with my parlay, you know, it's, I'm on, I'm on a parlay hot streak that I've never been on before. I know parlays are probably the, the easiest way to lose money. Uh, but I, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just, I'm feeling it. So we're going to yeah, keep it rolling. What'd you say? Ride that wave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we hit, you just, you just sent me some money and you said, just put it on whatever, whatever parlay <laughs> you're doing. And what happened? It hit, right? So, um, we're just going to keep it rolling here. I have a, uh, parlay that I picked out and I'm going to share my screen here so you guys can see. This is the, uh, DraftKings, which is what we're going off of. Let me move your picture out of the way here. All right, so on the right-hand side here, you can see this is the the three-leg parlay that I'm going with here. Uh, Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns, over 49. I like that. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points. Two defenses that are are really not that good, and with Deshaun Watson feeling it, I like that. Under 50 in this game, I'll take that. Uh, and then kind of a similar thought process for the Chargers Dolphins. I think both of these defenses, they're going to give, you know, the Dolphins won that game last week, but they gave up 400, almost 450 yards of offense to the, uh, to the, um, uh, sorry, my dog is distracting me over here. Uh, but they gave up over, almost 450 yards to that Arizona offense and, uh, Herbert's just feeling it right now. Um, so I like that again, under 50 here, I'll take that. And then this one kind of surprised me here. The bills are money line plus 120 against this Cardinals team. And as you can see it here, 
Uh, they're a two-point underdog, which coming off the game they just had, I'm kind of surprised that the Bills are an underdog in this game based on what just happened in the last two games. Cardinals losing at home to the Dolphins. Bills going on the road to Seattle and beating uh, the Seahawks. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that that's the case. Plus 120, I'm going to take that. And as you can see here, you put a unit on that. Uh, it's paying out plus 703. So your your total is going to be you know just over $800 for what I believe are, are three very well-positioned bets here. Um, with the Bills plus 120, the over 48 and a half in the Chargers, uh, Chargers at Dolphins, and the over Texans Browns. Uh, I like all three of those bets a lot. So um, that's what I'm feeling this week. So let's yeah. keep rolling and uh, and I keep like winning that money. All right. So why don't you actually just jump right into your picks then? Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? I, as we go here, I you know what? Why don't you go first? Because I need a second to set it up here. If you do, you have it ready? Yep. All right. All right. Uh-huh. So. Let me uh, stop sharing here. You go, and I'll, I'll set it up while you're going here. All right. Um, here are my picks for the week. We're going to go uh, head-to-head in the Carolina-Tampa Bay Bucks game. I like Carolina this week at plus six. The Bucks offended me last week with that disgusting performance. I look forward to Sunday night. Sunday night's more of a marquee game to me than Monday night. And the Bucks just didn't show up. I don't know what's going on there. But and maybe Antonio Brown kept Tom Brady up all night. He moved into the house. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's hitting on Giselle. I don't know. I, re- I I did see a story that there you know, there were some issues with Brady and Brown. Uh yeah. I mean I don't know. I, you gotta think that and and you know, I'm on the other side of this. Obviously, this is our head-to-head, but I, I, I mean, with McCaffrey out, um, I think the Buccaneers are going to come into this game and say, you know, we're going to show that that was a fluke because now they, you know, they were in first place in the division. Now the Saints are. This is going to be a battle to the end. They need to win this game, and I think they want to prove something here. So that, that's why I'm feeling the the Bucks by six points. Yeah, I like the backdoor potential for Carolina, even if they're down. Carolina has shown a propensity to score late in games and get you that cover. But, uh, all right, my next pick, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers minus 13. I mean, Jake Ludden last week had that huge performance for the Jags against Houston, but this Packers defense is a lot better than that Houston defense. And I don't see that. I don't see another performance from him in. Aaron Rodgers is just going to be dinking and diamond all over the field. This could be a four-touchdown game for Aaron Rodgers. Yep, I can definitely see that. And then my next pick, I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders in minus four against Denver. I just like the Raiders team better. They're playing pretty well. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, has two interceptions on the season so far. That's it. And Josh Jacobs is the beast of a running back, that old school, three and a half yards in a cloud of dust. And my next pick, I'm going to go with Seattle against the Rams. I'm always on Seattle. I mean, that was just such a bad performance. We need you need a better performance from Russell Wilson. You can't have, I think the past two weeks, he's had a turnover in the red zone. and. That's just not good. It's not going to win you the MVP. He needs to get back on track. So he needs another prime. This is going to be the game of the week at 425. So he needs to show the national fans that, okay, it's been a a fluke the past couple of weeks, how bad I've been playing. And then uh, finally, I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots, would they give up? 28 points to the Jets last week? Yeah. So... The Ravens have been down the past couple weeks. I think this is a get-it-right game at minus seven, so I don't see anyone in that front seven in the Patriots that can keep up with Lamar Jackson. So, now, Lamar Jackson, he really hasn't had that great of a year. Uh, they went up against that, that tough Colts defense, who I think is, um, you know, 
they might be number one in the league in, in yards per game allowed. Um, and they really had them bottled up until the second half. And I mean, the, the Ravens didn't really do much. That defense just shut down and Phillip Rivers had an awful game. Um, so yeah, I mean, the way the Patriots are playing, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a blowout. Uh, the only thing is, you know, maybe Belichick has a trick up his sleeve or something, but, which you can't rule out, but the way, the way these, the season's going for the Patriots, uh, you know, just barely squeaking by the Jets, that's, that's not a good look, so. Uh, let, let's get to my picks now as I have this good to go. All right. So here we have, uh, you know, my, my picks for this week. Uh, we already went over the Bucks at Panthers, um, on the Bucks minus six. Uh, next pick here. I like the Giants plus three and a half. They should have beat the Eagles the first time. Now they're at home. I'm not really sure why the Eagles are the favorite by three and a half points when they're on the road. Uh, because that's essentially saying that, you know, they're almost a touchdown favorite if they were playing on neutral field, which I, I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, and I, and I mentioned earlier, Giants are, are six and three against the spread. They're actually uh, kind of a reverse split here. They're five and oh against the spread on the road and they're one and three at home. But I, I just, you know, anything over three points in this, in this game. And, uh, I'm taking it for the, for the underdog Giants here. Uh, Touched on this game too. I like the over in this game, but I like the Texans plus three and a half uh, against the Browns. The Browns, I mean, you don't know what you're getting, and the Texans offensively are actually looking pretty good. I think that they're going to be these. These are two bad defenses. I think they're going to be able to keep this game close. And uh, the only thing that I'm and I might be a little bit worried about is Deshaun Watson uh, and that offensive line. The Browns do get after the quarterback, uh, so. You know, there is the chance that they're, they dominate the trenches there, but Sean Watson, he finds a way to, uh, to make things happen. Um, just hope, hope he doesn't get killed back there. <laughs> uh, my fourth pick here, I like the Washington football team on the road in Detroit. We touched on some of this already. Alex Smith is here, you know, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to win you games. He might not, he might, he might not lose you games, but I don't think he's going to win you games. I just, the Washington football team, their, their D line is good. Um, they are, they are tough against the run. So I, you know, and I, with what's going on with Stafford and they just got blown out by the Vikings. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm not, this four and a half point spread is, is a little too much for me in this game. I think, I think, uh, Washington keeps it competitive. Then my last one here, I know they didn't show up last week against the, uh, against the Cowboys and they almost, you know, they, they were, uh, my pick in the, in the second chance knockout pool and almost blew it for me. So I'm going back to them though. Minus seven against the Bengals. I think if Big Ben is healthy and he plays, then obviously that's, that's a great thing, but, um, I don't, I don't see a repeat of last week. I, I know that. You know, they were sleepwalking through that win and it took them, I don't, I don't know, the Cowboys handed them that game because the amount of penalties that they had was just crazy. And, and, uh, Steelers minus seven against a, a division, divisional opponent, uh, at home. I like it. Give me, uh, the Steelers minus seven. So, hey, that, those are our picks for this week. Let me switch back to the normal view here. All right. So, so those are our picks. Uh, I have some work to do. One and four last week. I know you had a nice winning week and now we're, we're neck and neck here, 23 and 22. So, you know, this is the late season push. All right. We gotta, we gotta start to put some, some winning weeks in a row together. We can't have any more. I can't have any more one and fours. All right. If we, if we, you know, go three and two the rest of the way. That's, you know, we'll be in the positive and we'll have a nice little, uh, nice little payday at the end of the season. Not going to be what, what you'd like, but at this point, Hey, I mean, you know, if I keep doing it with these parlays, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. be okay. I'll be okay with a losing record. Uh, you know, one in four, if I'm hitting these, you know, five leg parlays, for 50 bucks that pays out 1500, which I've hit a couple of those already this year. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, uh, 
let's let's move into this last little home stretch here. We're starting to see the playoff picture kind of take shape, even though it could change at a moment's notice. Yeah, we might have eight playoff teams this year if they lose a week to COVID. I did I did see that, and we didn't we didn't mention that, but they did approve the eight team playoff. Um, the emergency plan. <laughs> it's yeah, it's the emergency plan. Uh, that they didn't already have in place. So, you know, this whole, this whole season has been like an emergency plan. And, you know, I would just hate to see a team in a position to do something and then they're affected by COVID and it ruins it. But hey, everybody's on the same playing field. It could happen to anybody. That's why the, you know, these players need to be careful. They need to follow the rules. Uh, they can't be going out to clubs and, you know, that's, that's, some players did opt out because they were worried about this type of thing. I mean, we saw uh, the Giants' left tackle, Nate, uh, Nate yeah. Solder. I mean, he opted out, and I think there were some other some other reasons. I think uh, his, he's a cancer survivor, and I think uh, his son might have had cancer. Yeah, so, I mean, there's obviously other reasons there, but, you know, a lot of players, they, they opted out of playing this year because they were afraid of, of what might happen. Now we're starting to see that. I mean, who knows what, what type of long-term effects and, you know, just because you're young and in shape doesn't mean that it's not going to affect you negatively. There's more chance of asymptomatic and, and you're going to be fine, but you never know. So, you know, I don't blame those people, but the NFL, and we've said it multiple times, there's no, there's nothing else they can do. They can't. You know, unless they just push, you know, the playoffs back and create more more weeks at the end of the season to move some of these games around. There's nothing else they can do. Right? Nah, as far as I know, this is it. This is the plan. I mean, maybe push the Super Bowl a week or two, but who knows? Because I know the NBA basically said, hey, we're starting December 22nd. We don't care. So in a month, we're yeah. going to have NBA basketball back. Yeah, and they're gonna—they're not gonna be in the bubble anymore. Nah, as far as I know, it's traveling. Seventy-two games. Yeah, so it, it, we'll see what happens with that. I think, I think hockey actually—they're talking about kind of—you know—they're gonna expand, but they're still gonna be kind of a regional. Uh, they're gonna—they're gonna rework the conferences to make it more of a regional bubble as opposed to the two bubbles for each conference. Now they're going to go in kind of like a regional approach and, uh, you know, limit the travel. Uh, basketball, they've already, you know, I know the Lakers already came out and said that they're not going to play in front of fans for the foreseeable uh, future uh, and see see how that plays out as, as things change as we get farther into this mess that that, that is COVID. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, if... What I I don't know what happens if they get to the the playoffs and now, you know you have teams in the in the Super Bowl, you know in your situation you have the Seahawks and who was your AFC the Chiefs right yeah what happen what happens God forbid Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes get freaking COVID, uh, I think I think both head coaches are gonna lock them in the room and <laughs> they feed them under the door yeah. So you're not leaving, you know. We're paying you. We're paying you fifty million dollars a year. You're gonna you're gonna stay in this room. God damn it! Well, I so, think that we made the joke that uh, some teams are thinking about quarantining their uh, backup quarterback in a uh, hotel separate from the team, just in case. Hey, you got to be prepared, right? If you don't if you don't prepare to succeed, you prepare to fail. Is that how it goes? I don't know, but. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Take all your backups and just separate them. Yeah. Say, hey, if there's an outbreak in this hotel, then you guys are good and you're going to have to step in. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Belichick's already doing that. You know? He said, him and, him and, him and Josh McDaniels are in separate hotel rooms just in case and not hotel, I hope, I'm not, uh, I shouldn't say hotel rooms. They're not, no, they're, they're not, in bed, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why McDaniels came back. Yeah, Belichick. Yeah, Belichick said, "Yeah, we can start sharing a hotel room again if you want." Yeah, if 
you come back, we'll share a room. But uh Phil's just a big bear. Yeah, he's a he's a big bear. Um but all you know, all joking aside, it's gonna you know, if that happens, I mean that's gonna be awful. That's gonna you know that's that's not what the NFL needs. So um we'll just we'll leave it at that and you know, more to come on on all this stuff, but you just hope that it doesn't look like it's subsiding. So you just hope that it's manageable. That's all. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So that's our show for you this week. Um, right about where we want to be a little over an hour here, which is right in the sweet spot for us. So we're, we'll, uh, we'll end it here and, you know, listen to our picks. Let us know, let us know what you think, uh, both fantasy and against the spread here. Uh, and hey, throw some money on that parlay because you gotta, gotta, and hot, trust me. Get it, get it while it's hot, uh, and, uh, and win some money. So why don't you, uh, throw out, throw out our social media for them? Yeah, uh, we're on Twitter at Square the Sharp. Uh, we've been releasing our DraftKings picks and other picks on there. What else we got? We got Instagram at Squaring Up the Sharp. Email us at gmail, uh, squaringuptosharp at gmail.com. Then there's iTunes, like and subscribe, please. We're on YouTube now at Squaring Up the Sharp. And, uh, you can comment on that. Let us know how we're doing. And, and what you want to see. That's really it, I think. Yeah, let me, uh, before we log off, let me share one more thing here. This is our Twitter. Just showing you guys. I mean, Last Saturday, this past Saturday with college football, you know, a nice little parlay win here. And then followed that up, rolled it into, uh, the night games. Nice little win here as well. Um, you know, these payouts are nice. I mean, it really, really makes your bankroll. So, and we got a little, uh, and then our best bet, you know, pick of the day, Chiefs, Panthers over in that game. Um, this was a big bet that we put in. And hit on that as well. So, uh, you know, could be making some money off this. This is our, this is the team that we put out single dollar or $50 single entry. And then a little, uh, awesome putting a little, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't see this until just, <laughs> oh no, that's Philip Rivers. Oh my yeah, God. The sniper alert. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to, uh, tries to trip. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> he just lays there and flops with it. All right, so that's our uh, that's our Twitter. We got some stuff on here. You guys should check it out. Um, it's all good stuff. So uh, let's finish up with that, and uh, you know we'll see you for week eleven as we move uh, almost to uh, the three quarter mark here. We're almost, you know, hey, football season always flies by. Yeah, we're almost done with buys. I think week twelve is the last week of buys. Yep, it's either week eleven or week twelve. But hey, we're you know we're right there. And uh, coming up on that 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 home stretch here for uh, the football season. So uh, that's our show for you. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be up on YouTube and uh, and iTunes. Check out for us, as Austin mentioned. And uh, why don't you sign us off, Austin? Here's to squaring up the sharp.